So Tiff, I know there's a game you've been dying to get on this show. So today, let's talk about Don't Starve. Like I've literally been dying over and 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 then oh here's 60 days oh and over and over uh, what is don't starve can you explain don't starve because this is i've been struggling to like work out an explanation of what this game is so it's very much a survival brutal permadeath kind of game where it is it's survival at its key points where you have to just basically get food get have light at night cook your food find a way to be dry in the rain and warm in the winter so it's at its base it's a survival game and there are various challenges with monsters and sanity and like other different levels of survival that are added in to kind of make it more fun along with a great art style so that's basically what it's about just management of resources essentially so what do you do though right like that's like what are you (laughs) doing in this game because just you're not dying (laughs) resource management right is not it's not sexy i don't think you know (laughs) like oh i'm just foraging and then and and staying alive but there's there is something that is almost addictive about this game which i can't put my finger on nor do i fully understand why i'm doing what i'm doing like is is there a goal like what are you aiming towards with don't stuff in general it's just it's i feel like it's a human's need to conquer their environment and that's that's the driving force like you just feel like all right once you start getting into it and once you start surviving another day and then you get another day and then you die again and then you get you're like okay i made it to three i can totally make it to four now like no problem i could probably make it to 10 and then once you do and you do die again then you're like i i know i can get further and i know what i have to do now and once you work out in your own head what needs to be done to continue surviving you just want to test those theories and it drives you forward to continually improve and then once you have like a good base set up and if something goes horribly wrong you're like oh i know exactly what went wrong that time like i can i can fix that that's easy and i feel like finding those problems and then attacking them with your solutions is kind of what's the satisfying element in this game because you want to test your theories of how things are working and when they work it feels so great and when you fail you're like ooh how can i problem solve that again so I guess some people might say it's like programming, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Where you you are throwing a whole bunch of ideas at a problem and it's very exciting and satisfying when one works. And that's kind of how this game is in kind of a base level survivalist way. And I just find that incredibly satisfying. I am very driven by permadeath because I feel like <laughs> I feel like I can conquer this. And it's a big hill to be pushing a rock up, but it feels so good when you get the rock to the top of that hill. I want to come back to permadeath because that's an important part to explain and kind of go over in this game and the ramifications of it. But I wanted to just underscore something that you said because I think you've finally given me the explanation of this game that I've been looking for. It is purely just a human trying to conquer the environment. 
and and that means like once you have understood the base mechanics of how to stay alive all mm-hmm. you want to do is build a city right like that's you know you're mm-hmm. trying to do your best to like you conquer everything you build everything up you start unlocking uh, additional things that you can do then you want to build different weapons you want to build different uh, foraging tools and you want to eventually get to a point where you are in control of the environment and like nothing can kill you like that's kind right. of where you start to aim towards and and that is that's the, the tangible exciting part of this game it's like after a period of time, you're like, I can beat this. Mm-hmm. And then and then it's like the beating of it is controlling everything around you, which is this wild environment <laughs> full of things that we'll talk about in a bit. But the permadeath part, can you explain the ramifications of death in this game? Like one, why do you die? In what situations can you die? And what happens after you die? <laughs> Basically anything can kill you in this game including darkness (laughs) which is fantastic because you have a mental meter and you have to keep your mental health up in order to continue functioning in the world and so the permadeath what happens is when you're playing in sandbox mode you basically survive as long as you possibly can without succumbing to the elements of hunger darkness health and if you die, you do gain experience points. And this, I'm talking about the single player game and that it like levels you up. And the only thing you really get is access to different characters. So if you play enough in the single player, you can get access to a whole bunch of characters. There is an adventure mode, which follows a story-ish, but I've never played it because I've been so utterly consumed by the sandbox mode that I have no need to do any kind of it's it's more of like um a mapped challenge right but you're still surviving and you find out the a bit more of the storyline in the end right but in the adventure mode you have more definitive goals yeah yeah and it, it's it gets increasingly harder and stuff but you still you can still die and like have to start again but the sandbox mode has the permanent death and then it starts you right from the beginning with absolutely nothing and you basically restart the game every time you can save so you don't have to just play for like the rest of your life you are able to save but and there is auto saving that happens once a day but you only get one save can you save different states and load them back in later on if you die well well after you die it's done like it totally just instantly erases your game you can't ah, go okay. back that's to a save so that's it yeah. permadeath it's like that's it you can't you can't yeah once you die the game saves at your death and it erases everything so right very much like life right? yep and the experience I mean, like, points that you get to unlock those characters is good because the characters have special abilities right so mm-hmm. you're kind of you are gaining something in that regard right so it's not just going out into the ether and your time is absolutely wasted so you do get access to these other characters that have different abilities and different strengths and different weaknesses and so that's really fun to play with those different characters and i also really like looking at the graveyard that's built into the (laughs) that's built into the game mechanic that you you can Mm. go into one of the menus and it shows all of your deaths and how you died and how long you survived and i think that that's pretty a fun stat to check out (laughs) now there there are a couple there are actually three different 
flavors of don't stuff there's the regular don't stuff there's don't mm-hmm. stuff shipwrecked which is like i think is a different map and then don't stuff together which is the majority that i've played and we've played the game together and we'll talk a little bit about the about why and the, the, how the co-op differs but there are some just with the permadeath stuff there's there are different ramifications in together mm-hmm. right when you're playing in co-op because you're you can actually come back to life in together in, in don't stop together right which is which is a it's slightly different mechanic they have that really cool ghost mechanic which i've never played don't starve together before and all of this stuff the shipwrecked the together the land of giants like all the different don't starve pieces um are all kind of like uh dlcs and and add-ons and bonus packs and stuff that had gotten put into the game after the original core part of the game was was done so this is kind of like all expansion stuff so um but yeah together i've never played together before so i really like how they do that with you get to turn into a ghost and you can essentially resurrect yourself through various means on the map yeah you don't completely abandon your partner or destroy your game if you accidentally do something silly like walk into a swamp and mm-hmm. get attacked by monsters and die and then it's almost Minecraft-esque in that if you go to the place where you died, all of your stuff is there, um, yeah. which I really like as well. Because that, that was one of the things that, you know, Minecraft can be a bit brutal in its in its death mechanic, but at least you get, if you can, if you can find the place you died, you get to pick up everything that you dropped, which I really like. I keep making the comparisons between some of these games. Like I, I bring up Minecraft a little bit with Don't Starve because there are yeah. a lot of those. I, I think the maps are procedural, right? They're not the same. And you craft as well. Like you, you collect resources and mm-hmm. combine the resources to build other things. So there are some elements there, which they parallel for me. What I particularly like about Don't Starve, I don't know how it works in Minecraft, but the some of your resources, they have only a certain amount of uh, viable life in them, like food or any kind of produce or like flowers or so, something that you would accumulate that can actually rot. It will rot. And I really like that when you die and you drop stuff and it takes you a while to get back to it and you happen to have like a lot of food, it'll just be piles of rot like everywhere. And if, or if you have something um, ashy, it will blow away in the wind, like, Mm -hmm. and you won't have it. So your inventory also succumbs to the environment that it's in. And that's what I really find fascinating and wonderful about Don't Starve is that you're not walking around a static landscape that is essentially affecting you and, and you have to navigate through. It's a constantly changing monster world where you have different ecosystems and within those different ecosystems you can kind of distinguish them by how they look just like in life you know like different trees different um land textures they have different animals associated with them there's seasons that come into play there's weather that comes into play there's darkness and and daylight that comes into play so all of these different things interacting together like you can only find certain animals in certain places in the winter um the animals themselves will go through life cycles where they have um mating seasons or they lay eggs or they are you know burrowing in the ground at one point so if you need the resources from these different animals you have to kind of in real time in the game work out how it all works yourself unless you're a super big cheater and you go on the wiki which sometimes you just have to that's do that's not cheating right? man that's like <laughs> that's necessity no. in a game like this maybe after you've tried i am, and I, tried. am I live in the wiki like i don't care you know if it, i get really like frustrated when i can't do something 
Mm-hmm. And it can make me drop out of a game. Like if I get stuck and can't work something out. See, that's when the wiki is great. That, so that, that's when like I have no problem going to wikis or walkthroughs or whatever if I get super stuck. Because otherwise I run the risk of giving up the game. Yes. i rather someone go to a wiki before giving up than just letting a game overcome them with frustration. Because if you're frustrated, it's not fun. Like, no. you know, go up to the point of, I, I just, I'm going to not play this game if I can't figure this out. Then you look it up. Yeah, we play for fun. We don't play for frustration. Like, that's exactly. not what we're doing here. I think my frustration level is pretty high. Like, it takes yeah. me a long time to get there. You have a much higher there. tolerance than I do. So I'll sit and I'll try and figure stuff out as much as possible. And that's why I think a lot of times, and you'll... We'll come across this, I guess, as we keep talking about more and more games, but I will say a lot of times, you know what? I don't know, you know, especially with this game. Oh, what did you ask me something like, what does this do or how does this work? And I'm like, actually, I've been playing this game for, I don't know, four or five years now. And uh, I don't really know. (laughs) I just don't know. (laughs) It just does. (laughs) It just does. Or that's just how it works. Or this is how I figured out how to work it because that's also part of the fun for me is that I like the problem solving aspect of this game and how kind of open-ended those problem solving could be. If one way works for you, there's no right way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I find that really fun because that feels very realistic to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I, there's something that you, you glossed over that I can't, I must ask you about. Okay. You said, about Minecraft, you said, I don't know how that works. Have you never played Minecraft? I played it for like 10 seconds. Oh. I played it. I, I got through a night. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. It's going on the list. Oh, my okay. God. Tiff, okay. You would love Minecraft. Like, I can't. I got through a night, but then I was like, all right. I like this better. Yeah. I played Minecraft because I played this game and everyone's like, you'll love Minecraft. And I played it for a night. And I'm like, I like Don't Starve better. For a lot of the things that you enjoy, you will enjoy Don't Starve more. But I feel like you haven't had your Minecraft moment, which for most <laughs> people is you're just digging into the ground for a bit. And then yeah. all of a sudden you find this incredible cavern with like a lava waterfall. And, and like you haven't had that moment yet where like the, no, I think I where like the scales fall from the eyes. Minecraft's going on the list. Okay. <laughs> okay. We could have a lot of fun in a in a in a co-op Minecraft server, I think. Oh, they do co-op? I would oh, love that. Oh yeah. It does I would everything. Love that. You can everything's tweakable and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I, that Minecraft's going See, on. See, just the list. like you with this, I think I would like a co-op Minecraft experience better than a solo Minecraft experience. Okay. And then there's also a, you know, if we like Minecraft, there is a good potential for a playing for fun Minecraft server. which everyone can go into and build and destroy to their heart's content. So, like, there is a lot there. We will put a pin in Minecraft because... Oh, my video game heart is getting excited. (laughs) Yeah, I think think that there's a lot in it for you, but but we'll we'll just pause on that one for a bit. Okay. You said you've been playing this game for multiple years. How long? When did you first find Don't Starve? And how did you find it? I found this game in Steam in 2015 because I was playing... I I came across um, The Long Dark and I came across The Long Dark because it looks like a lot of the other games I was playing, like I was playing a lot of Half-Life and Portal and that kind of stuff and all the Half-Life extra maps and different DLCs and things that came along with that and I kind of exhausted all of them and then I came across The Long Dark, which is a very similar looking perspective Mm -hmm. and so I started playing that back when it was in like super, super beta 
Like it barely even had a menu system when I was playing it. I wasn't, I think that it was on Kickstarter or something. I was not a Kickstarter backer, but I did buy it on Steam like super early. Anyway, so while I was playing that because of the permadeath aspects, I don't remember a hundred percent if it someone recommended it to me or I saw it in a advertisement or something on Steam. But yeah, Steam, that works, totally works. It's like, if you like this game, you'll like this game. And so I found I loved the art style of it. I thought it looked so cool because I like Tim Burton stuff. I like that that element of creepy cuteness. Uh, mm-hmm. That's very appealing to me. And I really like that you can play as girls. And so that also appeals to me. And so I gave it a try and it was brutal and it was hard and I loved it. I loved it because very much like the Long Dark, Long Dark also has permadeath where if you die, your game is gone. Like it's just gone. You can save up until you die. Like the whole time you're alive, you can save, save, save all you want. Just like Don't Starve, but it just wipes your wipes your whole thing clean once you die. So it kind of, they meld into each other a little bit for me. And I just started playing it and I couldn't stop, especially once the iPad version came out. That was absolutely fantastic because it's so fun to play mobile on this game. So you started on the PC, then moved to the iPad. Now it's on a bunch of bunch of places, right? But you, mm-hmm. the major, your longest lifespan, how long is it and what device is it on? Oh, it's on my iPad and I think it's about 190 days. Okay. Because it was quite funny. We were together a couple of weeks ago and you were showing me kind of, you, you were giving me like the masterclass in Don't Star Single Player mm-hmm. and you were at like 120 or 130 at that point. And yeah. you were terrified of dying in this. Like, you were showing me it, but like, we're not going to play this one. I just want to show you my base, and now we're going to start a new one. <laughs> well, because it's absolutely terrifying, because if you die, like, that's that's it. I had a whole bunch of, there are ways in the game. So this is the type of game where if something attacks you, or if something hurts you, or you, um, there any kind of element that is a negative effect on you in the game, there is a way to counteract that, whether it's something you build or something you do, but you just need to figure it out. So there are ways to be resurrected in the game, but they're limited. Um, You can build like necklaces that will bring you back to life and, but you have to be wearing it. (laughs) So like there's, there are ways to get out of any problem. You just have to figure them out. And I like that part, but yeah, it, it's it's very stressful once you have a really high number game because you're like, if I make one mistake and do something wrong, it could all be over and I can never get it back. Like you can't go back to a save because it wipes your saves. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it, it's so, so stressful. So I wasn't even playing my game for a year. And then after WWDC, when I showed you, I'm like, why am I, why am I babying this game so much? It's just a game. I should enjoy it and play it and enjoy my high level character and like, do all this stuff and so i did and it was awesome and i lived super long so far and i'm still going strong (laughs) so the solo mode just don't starve it doesn't click with me and i'm not completely sure why i've tried it a bunch of times and it just for some reason just doesn't work uh i I can't really put my finger on it but i absolutely adore don't starve together it is like the perfect co-op game for us that makes me so happy to hear because i was really nervous that you wouldn't like it I don't know what it is about the single player. I think it is a very idle and repetitive game in a lot of ways. 
But I yes. don't have a problem with games like that, right? Because I absolutely love Stardew Valley, which is even more so because mm-hmm. nothing kills you, right? Like there's no <laughs> action in that game where there is at least some action and some stakes in Don't Starve. But for whatever reason, the, the solo game just just wasn't my jam so much. But the co-op game is so good because we get to play it together. You don't have to discover everything on your own. Like you're there to help like guide me through. Um, two heads are better than one in most instances, right? Something's happening or like there's some spiders attacking us and we can both attack the spiders, <laughs> right? It's like yep. you've got someone to help you. I like that if if I'm starving, you might have some food you can give me and, and then I'm good. Um, and we can plan out these little excursions together and... I really, really like. I really like it, and it feels like we've been looking for some games that we could stream more often, other than just the game that we're going to talk about. And we're waiting for Stardew because that's obvious, right? Stardew multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Like once that comes out of beta, like pff, obvious. But um, and that's why if you if you've been wondering why haven't we had done an episode about Stardew Valley yet, that's why we're waiting for the multiplayer, and then we're going to talk about Stardew Valley like in all of its glory. But for now, like Don't Starve is such a good option for that. I I really am enjoying like when you get out of the initial grind of like those first couple of days where it's just collect stuff to build some tools, just collect stuff to eat. Um, Once you get out of that grind and you're like, okay, now we're going to go and shave the beefalo. And like for us, (laughs) that was like a three day process. Of yeah. like, you've got to get this together. It's like, right, let's go now. Oh, no, wait, we're too close to dark. We've got to wait till tomorrow. Like, and, and it was, I enjoyed planning it out. But then when we're, when we're doing the idle stuff, we can just chit chat. And it's mm-hmm. really good for the stream. I, I liked it a lot. Um, and I also like in the co-op game that, like a lot of co-op games that are on PC, there are a lot of customizations that you can make to the environment. So... That when we we played a couple and we were dying really quickly and we decided I decided I didn't want to keep dying so quickly so we just made some slight tweaks to the game right where like we mm-hmm. made food a little bit more uh, easy we to made it by. more fun for ourselves yeah and yeah. and I think that I really value games that are tricky but allow you to make some tweaks to them and it's it's like the reverse of looking at the wiki right where yeah we're going to stop you getting so frustrated because we're going to help tailor the game to you. But the together, I am like so in. I, I absolutely love it. It's a, just a fantastic, fantastic game. And I've, I've barely been enjoying it. That really makes me so happy. It's so fun and weird. <laughs> and I want to talk about the, some of the specifics. Uh, but before we do, we should open the loot box. So talking about Twitch, you should follow us on Twitch. Um, we're going to be over the in the next few weeks or whatever, we're going to be streaming some Don't Starve here or there. The best way to find out when we're going to be streaming is you can follow us on Twitch. You go to twitch.tv slash playingforfunfm and you can click the follow button and it can send you notifications. Or also you can follow us on Twitter. We're at playingforfunfm as well. And we always tweet when we're going live. Um, if you do come along and watch us live on Twitch, it is a great time. We have a lot of fun with the people in the chat room and we're really, really enjoying that. I'm also do every, I think every stream, the streams are getting a little bit more professional. I have like videos and, and graphics now, like it's getting... They are. They're looking so good, Mike. It's becoming a little thing. I spend a little time working on some stuff and we're trying to make it better and better all the time. And that is helped by the fact that we have wonderful subscribers. So people that choose to, to give us money when they're coming to watch, which we love so greatly and want 
want to thank a couple of people who did that. Uh, DMC, Maxistentialist, and Tony Mayer424 were just a few people who subscribed to us on Twitch, and we thank them, and we thank anybody else that does so as well, uh, because it really helps us. It helps give us a good excuse for spending mm-hmm. four hours playing a video game. So thank you for that yes. excuse. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's perfect. It's it's yeah, it's building up. It's helping. Thank you so much. And for anyone who misses the streams on Twitch and really still wants to see what it's like to watch us play some of these games, you can go see us on our YouTube channel for any archive streams. Um, and mm-hmm. that's uh, YouTube dot com slash playing for fun fm and so all of the best stuff is all kind of saved on there for you and we also have an instagram account that we've been putting up some pictures like our Firewatch pictures are up there um, some of the cool artwork and things and i think that that's going to continually be fleshed out as we increase the games that we've been playing and and some of the information and stuff over there so you can pretty much find us all over <laughs> we have some fun photos to put on the instagram feed soon so i would recommend Ooh, following yes, we that do. We, we did we did something which is kind of i think it's amazing so <laughs> nice tease nice tease i like we're playing for fun fm on Instagram. we are playing for fun fm everywhere so if you just go to a place and type in slash playing for fun fm you're probably gonna find us yeah i want to should probably thank our sponsor for this week's episode and that is mac weldon they make the most comfortable underwear socks shirts undershirts hoodies and sweatpants you're ever gonna wear if you want to be super comfortable while you're playing your favorite video games you should be buying and wearing Mack Weldon clothing. They are so confident that you're going to love what you buy. They have a no-questions-asked return policy. If you don't like your Mack Weldon clothing for any reason, you just keep them and they'll refund you, no questions asked, on your first pair. So if you don't like the stuff on your first pair, you just keep it and they'll give you your money back. Mack Weldon pair premium fabrics with meticulous attention to detail and a really simple shopping experience to make sure they can deliver to you a new level of daily comfort straight to your door. They make undershirts that stay tucked, socks that stay up, and waistbands that don't roll. Everything is made with premium cotton blended with natural fibers. I can attest to the quality of Mack Weldon clothing because I've been wearing it for well over a year, maybe even two years at this point. I love my Mack Weldon sweatpants and the Mack Weldon underwear that I wear. Um, they are so comfortable. I love the designs that they have. Seriously, if you've never bought or tried any Mack Weldon stuff, you should be looking at it because I can get you 20% off and you'll also be helping support this show. So go to MacWeldon.com, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and you Use the code playing for fun or one word playing for fun at checkout and you'll get 20% off. Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good and perform well too. They're good for working out, going to work, traveling, or for everyday life. Once again, that is MacWeldon.com and get 20% off with the code playing for fun at checkout. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for their support of this show and Relay FM. And be sure if you enjoy the show, tell some friends, like yes. even people who aren't super into video games. I think we've gotten a lot of feedback that says that, you know, other people like listening to our show too. So um, ask them to give it a try because that also helps us immensely. And we know you guys are just all great and we really love all the players. <laughs> yes, we have decided uh, because Tiff likes to drop this in without any context. We have decided uh, with help from the people in our Twitch stream that the collective name for playing for fun listeners are players. So thank you, players. Mm-hmm. And that is, of course, spelled P-L-A-Y-A. 
that is a, a player and that is you. You are a player whether I guess you like it or not. I don't know. I don't think it's a crap, <laughs> but like you are one. So thank you. If you enjoy this show and you listen to the show, we really appreciate it because we love doing it. And for now, I think maybe uh, maybe we should close the loot box and, and get back to it. Peace out, players. <laughs> there we go. How's that? <laughs> Who are the characters in Don't Start? Like, who do you play as? Because you don't create, right? Like, you don't create a character. Yeah, there's kind of like a cast of characters, and they all have different abilities. And um, there are some people that have uh, advantages during certain seasons or certain um, times or elements that you can interact with. So it's all different. Um, And I think some are harder, or, or I should say some are more difficult to play as than others there's like advanced mode characters and and more simple characters but you can play with any and they're really fun i personally play as a character named willow because i feel like i kind of look like her so Mm -hmm. i that's why i'm a little bit drawn to her also she loves to start fires which i find incredibly funny and i like that most of her little sayings which come up as text on the screen because they t- they talk in little like like little voices. There was a moment where we were streaming where I was off <laughs> doing something and I walk to where Tiff is and all of the trees are on fire. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> She's just like, I don't know. <laughs> just starts some fires. I felt like I caught her up to no good. <laughs> and that's why i love this character because she looks all innocent but she has a little lighter which is her kind of like special item and she will say things like i wonder if these will burn like i think it's really funny and dark and creepy kind of like a wednesday adams mm-hmm. or is up some uh, character like like daria or something like that and i, I just really i'm drawn to that but she's a really good <laughs> character because every night it goes dark and if you don't have a light you will die, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you do not have a campfire or a torch or something, you don't have to, if you don't have one, you have the resources to build one, that's it. Game over for you. But Willow has a lighter. She has a permanent source of light. Yeah. And it makes her an excellent character because if you're stuck out somewhere because you were shaving beefaloes until too late <laughs> in the evening, if you don't have a light, your game is up. Well, you can only shave beefalo in the evening. Well, ex- exactly, because otherwise they will kill you, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So if, if you don't have some kind of light source, like that's it, the jig is up. But Willow has a permanent light source with her and you playing as her saved us a bunch of times because we would just stand super close together. You would get lighter out and we'd just stand there waiting for morning to come. It's one of the things that makes her character, I think, one of the strongest out of the selection. She also is immune to fire damage, which I find really appealing. And what I learned by just reading the wiki right before this show, which I'm like, oh, I wish I had known that. It's every time she lights fires, her sanity level goes up because she is she's she's a pyromaniac. Yeah. Her impulse control disorder of pyromania is like she is she's just drawn to lighting fires on things and i've always known that if her sanity this particular character drops too low she'll randomly light fires uh like it will just like all of a sudden something will burst into flames and i've often playing as her in the solo game have set some of my own resources and items on fire accidentally because my mental meter was way too low and i accidentally would burn all of the stuff in my camp because of playing with this character but now i just read that she 
her mental state can go back up if she goes and like sets some woods on fire and she feels happy. So <laughs> I think that's fantastic. And now I know that and I'm going to go light fires whenever I start to feel a little weird when I'm playing as her. Because that is one of the three things that you have to monitor, right? Is uh, your hunger, mm-hmm. your health. So like if you've been attacked or whatever, and then your mental health and your mental health can be affected by a bunch of things, but you've got to, you've got to maintain that as well. So like, too many nights where you don't have enough light and you're, you, there's a bunch of creepy things coming around will like reduce mm-hmm. your mental health and doing things like picking flowers and stuff can really help you. Like there's some, there, there are a lot of things you have to manage, but that's one of them. And it's really cool that you know of a, of a way to help improve that. And I do love that it's just it's starting random fires. Yeah, she's uh, she's a really great, funny character. But you have been playing as... Um, Is it Wilson? Yeah, Wilson. Everyone has a W name. So yeah. I got to think about it for a second. Yeah, Wilson, he's basically the main character of the mm-hmm. game. And his epic ability is growing a giant beard which i find is perfect for you that's why i've been playing as him but does it get me anything because i feel like i'm i'll get a bit short shrift here you have a lot of really good abilities as as willow and i just do i is it just that's it it just grows a good beard does the beard well, i give think me the much? beard keep it keeps you a little bit warmer in the winter uh, if you okay. have quite a big beard mm-hmm. and you can use the beard hair to make meat effigies later on uh what i'm still not <laughs> I'm not a, I think they <laughs> okay. do some sort of like resurrection healing thing. I haven't okay. worked it out yet. I should go look in the wiki at this point and find out what they actually do. But I know you can make meat effigies with your beard hair that other people can't make. So there you go. Okay. Well, I mean, that's good to know, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Later on, they might come in handy. So it's a long it's a long con for you. Yeah. I, I just play as him because I want the beard. Because mm-hmm. I did play as another character who can turn into a beaver and it and I, something happened. This is enough. Very first time we played, something happened, and then all of a sudden, I my mental health went to zero, and I died. And it was like <laughs> this is too complicated. I need to go back to basics. Yeah, that's a really tricky character. His name is um, Woody. Woody. There we go. Yep. Yeah. So that's Woody. Woody can turn into a web beaver. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like the lumberjack character and that was why i went with him because i like that aesthetic right lumberjack i I feel like that works for me but lumber sexual (laughs) yeah he was a little bit too tricky maybe i'll come back to him again once i learn a bit more about the more of the kind of the ways to live in the game but i know that you have a real affinity for the animals in don't starve I do. I especially like the beefalo because I just love the name beefalo. And it turns out beefalo are real animals. Oh. They're really beefaloes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I looked it up. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Also referred to as a catalo or the American hybrid. How strange. It's so crazy. I had no idea. I thought it was just like a funny name for this game for buffalo and like beef. Huh. It's domestic cattle and the American bison. It's a mix of the two becomes a beefalo. I feel like this is one of those things where (laughs) I wonder if they even knew that, like if the game creators even knew that before they, because obviously they're making a buffalo, but they just give Mm -hmm. it a funny name, right? Like, right. (laughs) 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 <laughs> which i find it that's what's so great and it, it gives you when they die you can get like food from them so uh-huh. it made sense but yeah i just i really like a lot of the animals in this game i like the little kind of jackalope looking bunnies and the way they squeal and scurry like weird terrified animals and yeah the bird noises oh my that we'll talk about when we talk about sounds oh my god those noises but then there's like there's the spiders too <laughs> i know you have some plush spiders and which i don't understand because i hate those guys 
<laughs> I think their their faces are so funny. It's just the art style and the the met like I love the all the characters essentially have like blank eyes. Like the the way that their eyes are drawn are so unique and different and it really reflects this creepy nightmare world that you're in right. where the the eyes are just kind of they're not hollow and they're expressive but there's no iris or pupil or anything it's just white and i really like that i really like it it's that it's that creepy cute mix it just it hits all the right buttons everything's at the the right appropriate level in this game for that to be super appealing to me especially in a sense of wanting all of the all of the like swag and well, not swag, um, all of the merchandise associated with it because it's all super cute. I have little vinyl figures on my windowsill. Of uh... this is a big one for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was because I play it so much. I play it so much. Yeah, I have Wilson, Willow, and Wendy. And the style of all of these characters, like both the human and all the animals. It's very Tim Burton-y. I know you mentioned that already, but it's mm-hmm. it's mostly like 2D illustration in a 3D world, right? Um, and everything kind of looks like it's been sketched and colored in. Like it's got yes. a really interesting art style. This like it, that in the Tim Burton way of it's kind of creepy, but it's fun. Like it's yes. not creepy to scare you. It's just creepy-ish. Yeah, I think you said you said it's scary without being scary. Yeah, and you said that in the stream, and I wrote it down because I was rewatching a little bit, and I was like, "That's exactly it." And I, I like how everything is kind of slightly roughly drawn. You can associate it with Tim Burton, but in a game, it feels very fresh to me. And it, there's just so much appeal. Like people love this. Also, I'm not the only one who is obsessed with it. Like there are loads of fan created art and fan created little comics and cosplay and paintings and people get really into it. Oh yeah. This would be good cosplay. Like the characters would be good to cosplay. There's some really good cosplay. Like if you look on um, Pinterest or something, or even on the community board over on steam, there's some really good stuff. People take their own art style and add it to don't starve. There's like, I'm looking at like a, like a sick at eight bit Wilson right now, like artwork. And it's just, it's really graphically strong and it looks like a graphic novel and it look, but it looks like a sketched version of a graphic novel. I, I just, I just really like it. I love the way they do it. Clay. I love the way he does it. You mentioned the sounds, the bird sounds. What's the deal with the bird sounds? Oh my gosh, those bird sounds. They're so stupidly real. They are <laughs> obnoxiously real. And it's the same in actually Long Dark, too. The sounds in this game, so there are a lot of birds flying in and out of this game in the woods because you're basically in the woods. So you're seeing and hearing birds constantly and they're dropping seeds or like eating your food and you kind of halfway interacting with them. But the noise they make, they must have recorded or grabbed like a stock recording of a bird that lives where I live and it is absolutely insane because I could just have oh. the windows open and I hear the exact same bird that's in the game oh, man. outside. That's going to mess you up. It just feels disorienting. Like it doesn't freak me out or anything, but it just it disorients me because I'm so used to when you play this game, you're in this game, you know, your focus. And we experienced that, too. When we were playing together, we were barely reading the chat because you're so mentally busy 
playing this game, but you're not accomplishing much, but you're really, really focused. And so you, your entire senses just become absorbed into this game. And then when you're out in the world and you hear one of those noises, and especially that bird, you're like, well, what's happening? It's when you if you ever visit here in the summer, you'll totally see it. You'll be like, oh, my God, it's the bird. I probably have to put in some more owls, though, because I don't remember the bird sounds off the top of my head. Oh, they haunt me. So I need I need to get to 100 days and then I'll hear the bird sounds. <laughs> well, if we're going to be playing this on Twitch as often as we say, you'll you'll start to know you'll hear the birds in your sleep, too. So I think what I like about Don't Starve Together, I think one of the big things that I like in a lot of games, especially when they're open, is when they allow you to make your own game inside of them. You make your own objectives and you go and complete those objectives. All I have to do is keep myself alive and then I can go and do this and then next I can go and do this. You know, It's what I like about Study Valley. It's what I like about Breath of the Wild. Um, it's what I like even like about the Grand Theft Auto series. Is once you get to a certain point, you just make your own game. And I really like games that give you the tools and ability to do that, where it allows you to be really creative with what you want to do. That's what I think I like about this. Yeah, that's exactly what I like. The, there is a learning curve, but there's no wrong way to play. And you can do whatever you want and you could play it however it works for you, however it makes you enjoy the game the most. And it's fine. Like there's no, and that's what I, that's why I feel like there's not a huge amount of pressure for me to be like, I need to know everything about this game. I need to know what every single character does or what their ability is and have every single bit of information down 100% in order to accomplish and play this game to the best of my ability. Because I feel like I'm just playing it to have fun for myself. And that and whatever I know in that context is enough. And that's it. And I don't have to feel any more stress about it. And that's in the game takes away my stress because I can get completely absorbed in doing these meaningless tasks however I want and I don't have to think about anything else for a little while while I'm playing and it's it's really nice and it's refreshing and it's just for me it's uh, micromanaging this this world and it's trance like <laughs> calming mm-hmm. zen zone I yeah that's that's where it puts me thanks don't star but so for the art style and the the music and stuff did you notice the music yourself like did you because we were playing in the co-op game and you don't get to hear the music that often but I, I just i really like the music how it fits in it sounds like the way the game looks and that's always the best when a, a game or anything is able to do that did you did you get a sense of all of that i i know i liked it but it isn't in my head yet like i think i need a few more hours and then i'll think about it constantly i think i have the music in my head right now but I would need to confirm it, right? Like, I I at least am imagining what I think the music sounds like. This kind of simple, old-timey, but a little bit creepy, but without horror. It's not a horror, right? Like, it's just this creepy, like, little ditties that they play. And and Mm -hmm. what I like, though, is there is music playing all the time, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't drive you mad. There are games that I've played, which are like this, which you play for a very, very long time, and this, I find this a lot of iOS games where I have to turn the music off because yeah. I will just listen to them forever. But I don't feel that way with Don't Stop. I feel like the music helps. It helps set the scene. For we were talking about the art style and just came to my my mind, steampunk aspects of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can't believe it's taken us this long to mention that for sure. I know. 
Yeah, like there's mechanical monsters. And all the things you build. You build little things. Mm-hmm. You build little machines and, and little what they call science-related items. It has got that steampunk aesthetic. Yeah, even Wilson, the the main character, essentially himself, he is kind of has that turn-of-the-century steampunk aspect like uh like like the prestige kind of look mm-hmm. to him and it's it's great like that mixed with tim burton mixed with this sketchy graphic novel art style it it all just works together in a really cool appealing way so i also want to quickly mo- mention a few of the favorite moments that happened in the stream to entice some of those people out there who haven't seen our stream yet to go mm-hmm. and watch when we do play uh or at least catch the replays over on youtube but I loved <laughs> when we got involved and we got all stuck in the bees. And oh, the bees. I, <laughs> I feel like that the, that the chat room was really into it and everyone kept typing bees, bees, and making all these uh, rest of development references. There and... is this path in our current <laughs> game world where we have to get from where we set up our camp to basically where the beefalo are if we need to go to the beefalo. And the only way to get there is through this path of like, five huge beehives where two of them are (laughs) categorized as killer beehives and like every time you walk down this path you're just like bombarded by bees just chasing you that that bee area is nasty i just thought it was so and you're like the s hit the f (laughs) It (laughs) it really did oh god it was so bad and that's exactly what you said. You didn't even say the real words. You just said that. It made me. It made me laugh. Family so friendly. <laughs> to keep it family friendly. We did. I I had a little slip, but earlier, <laughs> later in the game. That's it. Sorry, kids. Uh, I found out my son was watching later on. But it's oh no, <laughs> he plays this game too. So we're good parents. He does. What does he call it? He calls it what the heck. That's it. Because. <laughs> very few times i started playing it when the shadow monsters come out it startled me and i said what the heck and so now he thought that was really funny because i think he was like three when i was playing and so he started calling it what the heck and there's one of the characters is a little girl with blonde hair and his little best friend is also a little girl with blonde hair and he calls the character in the game ellie even though that's not her name but he's like i want to play as ellie so it's really cute I want to play what the heck is Ellie. Yeah. <laughs> this really isn't a game for kids, but it's it's fine if your kid likes things like um, Nightmare Before Christmas and stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fine. Like, it's just about your disposition. Like, if you yeah. are not creeped out super easily, this is fine. And, and I would say that for yeah. adults as well. Like, it definitely has some creepy moments. It definitely has some, like, high stakes moments. Yeah. But it's... I think for the majority of people is is perfectly doable because, you know, as I've said many times on the show, like those types of games are not for me. Like I, I don't really like to be scared, but I don't really feel like this game does that any more than any other game where you're in some kind of peril, right? Which is the vast mm-hmm. majority of video games. Yeah, I think the art style and things, it's only our it adult hangups yeah, that exactly. make it creepy. Yep. Yep. That I don't think a kid would necessarily be scared of it no. unless they knew to be scared. I don't know. It's one of those things. I also really loved in the stream when you ended up, fi- we finally put up a sign by the beefalo because otherwise you have to put up markers on the map to kind of know where you are and certain elements that you put down will show up on the map. So I was like, we need to put a sign out where we found the beefalo so we could find it more easily because you can spin the map around and essentially be in any orientation until you have a compass. Again, like you can always build something to solve a problem, but we didn't get there yet. 
So Mike puts up this sign and I, I, you label the sign beef in it. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought that was fantastic. And just our communication while playing this game was really fun and funny because we got into a point after we didn't basically didn't survive our first winter, we died and we had to abandon our map and go to a new one we started to get into this groove of working and living together. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, I'll pick up some food on my way home back from the base. And we're like saying things like, it's like, oh, I'll tidy up camp and I'll do this. And we started working together and communicating in a really cool way. Like when we went to go shave the beefalo, we really worked together and like I held the light and you did the shaving and it was just, it was really fun. It's what I like about it is that there there are a lot of things that you can get things done way more effectively if we're working together. Because typically mm-hmm. what would happen is if we get split up, one of us was going to die. Yep. Yep. And I died so died many times that, our first dream. No, it's fine. You can say it. It's totally fine. I died like... I want to death shame you, you know, but you did. You can death shame me. It's fine. Uh, it's, it's how you learn. I'm I'm okay <laughs> learning through experience. I think I died once <laughs> and you were maybe like five or six times, I think. Yeah, probably yeah. more. Probably more. Um, Bijou3Owl in the chat had even said she made me laugh and it was like she's like tiff is mike's force ghost mentor in this game because <laughs> it was like <laughs> it's just like <laughs> right? it was perfect it was the perfect description because yep. i'm a ghost almost the entire time but i'm the one that knows the game yeah more than mike does so he was doing all of the work and i was just kind of telling him what just to like do as i was around. floating around the map <laughs> <laughs> just like this disembodied voice just like oh just go over there so i was your force ghost it was fantastic so it's a great comment yeah we were not ready for winter no. at all oh yeah. yeah that was when we we both died bad that was not good yeah. and that was a game we had to abandon that because if we came back to life right if we were able to resurrect ourselves it was just a case of we were going to die every time unless we waited the mm-hmm. like 20 days that it would have been for the entire season so we just decided to start over we didn't do a very good job in that world I'm glad we started over because as this game, it follows basic survival instincts. Like you have to get food and tools and light and warmth. So you essentially know what to do without knowing what to do. But it did take us definitely a, a curve to, to get through it. You've got to get the right starting point, And that takes a, a few lives to learn. Like mm-hmm. the things that you're going to need immediately and how soon you should start preparing for later seasons. Like that's just something that you learn over time, right? Because as soon as we got to the point where we could build uh, a razor to shave the beefalo in our second world that we created, we went and did that immediately. So we wouldn't mm-hmm. end up with that winter problem again. And it's a trial and error. Yeah. And there are so many beautiful, unpredictable moments in this game, how the animals can survive you. And it just kind of breaks up the monotony of the beginning and, and they're like coming across the killer bees or like, Oh no, we're, we found ourselves in an endless swamp. And so it's those aspects where you have that nice mix of monotonous advancement of survival, but the at the same time, you have the random, unpredictable aspects of this monster nightmare world coming at you, like hands grabbing the fire and playing creepy music box music. Uh, yeah, it's just this game brings me so much joy for how creepy it is. And 
yeah, I just, I do want to say a big thanks to the chat in the Twitch stream mm-hmm. because they were trying so hard to help us and we just were not listening to anybody. Yeah, we, we're trying to get better at paying attention. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> for all of you who are out there like pounding your fist being like, no, you're almost about to starve or go over here. Or, this is how this works. Like, thank you so much for making all those suggestions. I literally didn't even see them until I rewatched the stream and... I, I, we need to get better about paying attention to the chat because they're really helpful and yep. nice and fun to be with. And that's why we play, right? To have the chat aspect with us. Mm-hmm. So don't miss a future stream. But should yeah. we talk about next time? Yes. The game that we have chosen next time is a, is a big game. It's a game we have referenced probably in every single episode since we began the show. And it has some parallels to the game we've spoken about today. So next time we're going to play Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs>